Yo, yo, welcome back to Lost in Transition. My name is Riyadh. My name is Kevin. This is our new NBA podcast where we discuss and debate NBA topics. Today is Monday, March 15th. Coming up, we will break down some of the biggest trade rumors in the NBA right before the trade deadline. Stand by. y'all so Sango's out again today um last time it was definitely because he hates Rudy Gobert but now I think it might be a scheduling conflict so we might give him a pass this time uh we will be, be diving deep into the trade rumors before the trade deadline on the 25th uh Gladdy has some of the um the key points and some of the biggest teams looking to uh make some impact moves so glad he wants to break it down for us. Yeah, Riyad, I really appreciate you jumping on. I know you're probably swamped this week being such a big college basketball fan, getting ready for the tournament. Yeah, I've got like 80 uh, brackets filled out. Yeah, who, who you got winning it all? Can I got, even I got Cade coming, Cunningham winning the, the whole thing. Okay, just him individually. Just him individually. That's the only – and I don't even know what team he plays for. Are you serious? I have no idea. Oh, my God. You're pathetic. Oh, no, no. He plays for – It's an orange team. Uh, the Big 12. Oklahoma State. There you go. Good job. Yeah, and the reason why I knew that is because I heard a story about his uh, brother being um, hired as a coach, so he would go to Oklahoma State. There you go. All right, yeah, so uh, today is March 15th. Uh, we're about a week and a half. It's next Thursday, the 25th, is the trade deadline. Uh, so I think we're going to kind of do a little bit of a mixed bag here. Uh, where I'm going to kind of go over an intriguing team and or player uh, who are anticipated to be active uh, before the trade deadline. And then I'll kind of shoot over to you where you think they go with the trade. Um, If they do make a specific trade, does that move the needle for them? Does that win them another playoff series? Um, Does that allow them to compete in their perspective conference? Does that allow them to compete? championship uh, and then we'll go from there uh, so we'll we'll start out with the uh, Brooklyn Nets obviously anticipated um, you know I've already made multiple moves this year uh, let's let's jump right into things with uh, their most recent transaction Blake Griffin he's in a little bit of a ramp up period now uh, what do you think about this does this do anything for them does it give them you know any flexibility what do you think I think it probably does give them a little bit of flexibility because um, they've been playing small, so Blake can kind of fit into that uh, small ball five um, frame framework. Um, he hasn't had a good season, so I'm not sure exactly what he can bring. Zero dunks, bro. Zero How dunks. do you have zero dunks yeah. this year? I, I, that's that's a stat that like you stare at, and you're like, "How did they like?" It's like sad. <laughs> it's bad. But um, yeah, he hasn't played Coming from like a like an experienced dunker like myself. Man. I think about like <laughs> me going one season without it. Man. I, I know that was that was part of your whole game, bro. Above the yeah, rim, I had to adjust now, but I'm all right. Yeah, all right, go ahead. yeah. So um, obviously, uh, Blake is transitioning into a below the rim player, and that is obviously not as good as as his as he was when he was uh, above the rim player. 
So I do think it gives them a little bit of flexibility, but in terms of like, it makes them a better team. I don't, I don't think it does. I saw something where like someone put on like Twitter where they were like comparing like, which is a better big four, like Draymond, KD, Steph and Clay versus the Nets with Kyrie, uh, Harden, Durant, and Blake Griffin. I was like, bro, do not include Blake Griffin <laughs> as part of a big four when he can't jump over a piece of paper right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it uh, I think it kind of my biggest takeaway from it is like I said, the lineup flexibility. Not that I necessarily think that he'll be unless he just like really fits in well and kind of revamps uh, his lower body. Um, but it, yeah, it gives you the line of flexibility. I think majority of closing lineups, obviously you'll see KD, Harden, Kyrie, and Joe Harris. Um, so I guess now you can go with like kind of the more athletic lineup. If you want to go with the Bruce Brown, who's been playing really well. Uh, he kind of plays that like semi like dream on role where like he'll set ball screens and kind of like they'll throw him like the half lob pass, And then he's a pretty good decision maker off of that. Um, then it gives you the, obviously the decision if you want to go like a little bit bigger to help, you know, rebounding or just, he can be, Blake can still be physical, uh, with bigger players. Uh, if you're not trying to go straight up KD at the five, uh, and then you also have the option of, uh, going with Jeff green, which they kind of really like to spread in the floor, uh, pretty much switch everything. Um, now I think some big, obviously they're going to be on the buyout market slash trade market. For and just, just center. real quick about Blake, um, yeah. Why I said like I think that it does give them more flexibility because you know he's he's a capable passer and everything, but why I don't think it makes them a better team in terms of their um, uh, aspirations for a championship is because I don't think it makes them it makes I don't think that he is a good fit against teams that they need to be that they wouldn't face in the later rounds in the finals. Um, teams yeah. with big guys like Embiid and and Davis and, and things like that. So those, I, I just don't think he'll be effective against those teams. Yeah. So what do you what do you think? Uh, obviously, they're going to be on the market for someone who can like a big who can you know rim protect. Like you said, battle with Embiid. Uh, some potential names that have been out floated out there were Andre Drummond, Javale McGee, um, Hassan Whiteside. Uh, any of these guys kind of get you intrigued like think they could that's someone who could kind of get you you don't even want to say over the top with a team like the Nets because they have so much talent but just kind of like help weather the storm with some of those matchups against bigs whether that be Embiid whether that be potentially Anthony Davis I think, in the finals I think if the Nets had a more filled out roster I don't think it would even be a question of us talking about do they need more pieces or anything I think right. because they're so top heavy the Nets that we're still trying to figure out do they have enough but because they're so top heavy with having you know Harden Durant and and Kyrie that they don't need much they just need the right pieces um yeah. you know against the right matchups and i think McGee in my opinion is the most intriguing for i would consider them a favorite over the Sixers if they got someone like McGee um and you don't you don't consider them a favorite right no, now over the Sixers? No. Okay. I, I would take the Sixers just because of Embiid. I think he is the X factor. Um, I mean, obviously, right. if you don't have Embiid, that's different. But um, yeah. right now, I don't think they can guard Embiid. And I think that's just going to put them in a lot of trouble because because they are so top heavy. They don't have a lot of flexibility. 
Um, I think yeah. just having a guy like McGee that can just put a body on Embiid and then also play on the offensive end from catching lobs from Harden and uh, Kyrie and Durant. Um, I think that I think I would put them above the Sixers if they got McGee. Andre Drummond, I'm not sure. Um, just because defensively, I don't I don't think he's he's really a rim protector like McGee is. He's yeah. more of just I a mean, rebounder. Embiid has real estate. Uh, I think he owns like multiple houses, like just so much real estate. Yeah, inside yeah, and yeah, that's not gonna that's not gonna go well for Drummond. Um, so I, I really and I don't know what all the options are. Um, I'm sure you maybe you can give me some more, but I think McGee is probably their best option. Yeah, I mean that those are the biggest, uh, the three biggest names that'll probably be available, whether that be via trade or. Uh, on the buyout market I mean you see some other big guys along the lines of like John Collins and stuff like that being floated around but they they have no cap space to be able to get someone like that Uh, one thing another thing that they do have they have gotten that player extra or the player exemption uh, for Dinwiddie so they have that extra I think it's seven to eight million Uh, and that also could be used as a trade chip uh, because the fact that he would whoever team whatever team gets him even though he has a free agent coming up this season uh you do get bird rights on that so that's another thing um so i figured it made made sense to kick off with the nets there so your guy would be uh javel mcgee i think i kind of agree with that uh not to be um you know too repetitive but just i mean he's not gonna kind of demand he doesn't demand the ball even at all he's just like a rim roller Uh, he's he's definitely a better rim roller as well than Drummond, even though Drummond's probably a better player. Uh, so I, I would probably and even DeAndre Jordan at his at this point of his career. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so let's jump. Uh, let's say in the Eastern Conference, uh, one of the biggest and a little like odd wrinkle. So it's not uh, just like a team or a player, which you normally would look at uh, when you're approaching the trade deadline, but it's a specific piece um, that this team has. It's the Boston Celtics. They have a $28.5 million trade exception, uh, which does expire in November. Uh, it's actually the largest trade exception that uh, ever has existed. Um, so, I mean, I know I hate the Celtics uh, with every bone in my body, uh, but it is a very interesting uh, topic, you know, heading into this trade deadline. Obviously, Ainge has a lot of tr- uh, pressure on his shoulders, um, you know, he, he, he definitely fleeced us in the Markel Fultz and Jason Tatum trade. Uh, but since then, I mean, he's had some questionable draft picks, hasn't really uh, done much with his free agent signings. I mean, it kind of looks pretty bad how well Kyrie's playing right now and how Kemba's just knees have decayed he's, year by year. It seems like Danny Age is almost like um, – uh, uh, like played safe with the lead like he's had he had so many good uh trades yeah, early he, in his and career yeah, and, he and then he, he didn't capitalize on him and he he was uh he was like kind of riding on the on that reputation yeah so we'll get into the options with that trade exception what do you think like this is just like an interesting thing to think about what do you think about like the celtics in terms of like making a win now trade with that trade expect inspection inspection i don't even know what the hell the word exception is. uh exception um like say the question again what was the question so tatum and brown right yeah. obviously they're in their you know they're both under 25 uh do you feel pressure if you're danny ainge that you need to make a win now trade uh with that trade ex- ex- exception 
or is are you just are you kind of like all right let's take a step back like yeah we've been to the conference finals the last couple of years but it's kind of hard to just sit on your ass after that and be like oh we don't have to rush this like what are, what are your thoughts on that um i think that your point about danny is uh, well first of all i don't i don't know exactly like i don't have sources inside the organization so i don't know how they feel about him inside the organization but I do, I do see the potential of him trying to make a move because he is feeling that pressure. Um, and I think that uh, – I think they have Brown locked up in for a long-term contract. Yeah, I mean, I, let, let's assume that they're not – neither of them are going anywhere. Okay. Um, I think that – I think they're, they're both – I mean, those two pieces I think you can build around. Um, I don't from, – from Danny's um, – moves in the past uh Danny Ainge's I, I don't he doesn't seem like a win now type person like he'll he'll never yeah, he, he'll never he bargain only wants to, yeah he only wants to make trades if he's ripping someone off and it's kind of came back to bite him in the ass yeah so um I mean they do need a lot more pieces um to put around Tatum and and Brown they're, they're not I don't think they're good enough to to lead them to to any kind of winning um significant winning um, I think I think their biggest problem is they need they need to find uh, a big man. Um, they've been doing it with like some kind of like basically like undersized fives for for a while now. Um, yeah, that Tristan Thompson signing was a complete swing and a miss. Yeah, I, I actually thought that would be a pretty decent signing just because I thought you know Thompson wouldn't have to do much, but him and Tice aren't just are just not doing it for them, and. Um, and I think I think a lot of people underestimated how much of a impact Hayward was for them because he was a he was so vers. I, I I think oh that's why that's why Sango didn't want to come. To me. He didn't <laughs> want to talk about this stuff like Gordon Hayward. I think I think Tatum and Brown are um, are better than Hayward, but I think Hayward is more of a, a all around player than them. Like I think he can. And I think he's, he might he could be like a better playmaker. Yeah, that's what that's what I was going to get to. I, I think he can run the offense better than them. I think he's better playmaker. He can he's a better passer. Um, and I and with Kemba not playing well this year, I think that that really highlights that um, that that what they're missing from Hayward. Um, so I, I do think they need to make some moves. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that, you know, Danny, Danny Ainge is going to get fired or Brad Stevens is going to get fired if they don't, you know, win a championship in the next two years. Um, but I think, I think next, if they have another bad year next year, um, and this year isn't over yet, but if they have another bad year next year, I think you'll feel the pressure on like, even like there's some chatter around, like if Brown and Tatum are even happy. Yeah. So they're hard capped at 138 million. Uh, so basically to use that entire $28.5 million trade exception, they have to send out 9 million in return, which isn't too significant. So out of these guys, who would you think pushes the needle, maybe wins them an extra playoff series, lets them actually compete to get into the championship where they were last year. Uh, which, which of these combos would uh, push the needle the best? Uh, Jeremy Grant, <clears throat> Vucevic, Harrison Barnes, or would you have liked them to see the trade offer that was there this offseason, which was Miles Turner and uh, McDermott, which would have been at the time for Gordon Hayward? Uh, I like the Vooch pickup. Um, I think he, he'd be a good fit. Um, he seems like a, a, a player that's a Brad Stevens type player um, where 
he's very skilled. He can play play in a lot of uh, a lot of positions on the not different positions on the court, but on the floor. Like he can he can be kind of be a yeah. more perimeter oriented, or he can be um, a bruiser inside, depending on matchups. So I think I think that's a good th- that would be a good pickup for him for them because he's not undersized as a five either. Yeah, it doesn't seem like uh, honestly, which I love to hear because I fucking hate the Celtics. Me too. Uh, it doesn't seem like Vucevic will be on the market this trade deadline, uh, which is definitely disappointing to hear for Celtics fans. Uh, I don't. I know they've they've offered uh, some firsts and a lot for um, for Jeremy Grant. Uh, he would be a great wing defender for them. I'm not sure how much he pushes the uh, moves the needle offensively. I mean, he's he's putting up good numbers this year, but he's just I don't know how he fits with Brown and Tatum. I don't think that's I don't think that's necessarily a good fit. Yeah, and I it it seems like I mean he went there, he left Denver because he wanted to be like kind of the guy and be able to get plenty of shots and everything, and that's not going to happen in Boston. Yeah. So it doesn't sound like that happens. I mean, the Celtics are sold on Harrison Barnes. Even Brian Scalabrini said it the other day uh, during their broadcast, and I think I think it's hilarious because what what do you think Harrison Barnes is going to be the guy? Like, I'm not he's having a good season, yeah. probably the best of his career, but he's not going to put him over the top of beating someone like the Nets or Sixers. Barnes like, is the type of Harrison player that Barnes. puts a already championship team uh, like yeah, over, over the, top. the top, not a team that's yeah. 500. Exactly. Honestly, I think they should have made that trade in the offseason. Uh, I think especially, I mean, it's obviously a little bit of hindsight, but like, I mean, Miles Turner's leading the NBA in blocks. Like he would have been a great, great rim, rim protector for them. Uh, they could use some depth with McDermott as well. Mm-hmm. Their bench has been horrible this year. They've gotten nothing out of Neesmith. Yeah. They've gotten, I mean, Pritchard's been all right. I mean, Jeff Teague's like 95 years old. Um, been like 84 teams. Yeah, Romeo Langford's like he's got like broken bones left and right. He's drafted out of Indiana a couple of years ago. Wanamaker. Yeah, no, he's gone. He's on the Warriors now. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, it just I don't, I don't. It's definitely an interesting thing to watch, and Celtics fans are getting very antsy. Um. So we'll see if something. Well, happens. Do you see that though? Uh. Do you see the Celtic? Like I, I'm not. I don't have the pulse on the Celtics nation. Like, are they getting mad? Like, are yeah, they getting they upset are. at they're, like they're Brad Stevens or yeah, a little bit of both? Uh, Danny Ainge, I mean, just everybody. Stevens is spaz, but he's always texting me like, if they don't make a trade this trade deadline, I'm done. Like, I'm what what go. what trade does does Stefan want them to make? He wants Vucevic. He does. Uh, he really does. But they would have to give up a lot, wouldn't they? You're not going to get them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, they have the trade exception to make the. That's the thing with them that no one wants their young assets. Yeah. Like, you know, people are like. It, they don't want Neesmith. They don't want Romeo Langford. They don't want like Peyton Pritchard. Those dudes aren't worth shit. Yeah. So like it's not, it's not pushing anything. Um, last, last thing I want to touch on the East before we jump out to the West, uh, probably the biggest player uh, and the best player, um, you know, potentially on the move this deadline uh, is Kyle Lowry. So some reports came out last week uh, that he's going to stay put. I know he said, uh, regardless of what happens, like, I'm going to retire Raptor. I mean, he's the best Raptor of all time. I get that. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, man. I just feel like the fact that he didn't come out and just say, like, I'm going to be on the Raptors this whole year or, like, I'm going to play my whole career with the Raptors. Like, I don't know how much I buy the media. You're trying to to, uh, read through the lines, bro? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to deep dive on this because I need him in Philly. Um, <laughs> Yo, hold but... up, hold up, though. You you think, like, you think Lowry would, like, put the Sixers over the top? I, not over the top, but, I mean, I think he, I think he, I would feel like we have a chance. Right now, I don't, I don't feel very much of a chance against the Nets. With Kyle Lowry, I think well, we what, what, what difference does Cal, Kyle Lowry make? Because he just like he's a winner. He's won on a highest stage. He makes all the right plays defensively. So what do you? What is your? What is your worry that the Nets have that the Sixers have don't? So you're just saying that the Sixers don't have that like that veteran grit, I guess. Yeah, and it's just like half court scoring when the when the defense gets tight in the playoffs. Yeah, but how's really... how's you? I don't know. I I think I I, like, I mean I think he he helps them, but. Um, yeah, he's just like a seamless fit. Like he just fits on any team. He's a winner. Yeah. He's gonna cut. We need someone else to like. Obviously, you throw like you throw Simmons on. You throw Simmons on probably Harden. You throw uh, like your defense is already elite. Like your yeah, does it improve I mean, your offense still, like, by like I mean, a couple who's gonna percentage? cover Kyrie? Who's gonna cover Kyrie? You want to put Danny Green's old ass on him? Like he's a good help defender and good, uses his length, and I like him. Like he plays well, but like I'd feel much more confident having a Kyle Lowry, like a guard that can actually yeah. guard those. I mean, yeah, I guess I guess if you're players. looking only at the Nets, then um, then yeah, I guess he could help them with. Uh... And also, a reason why I'm saying like I don't buy that like there's no way he's making a trade. Like look at Messiah Jiri. Like he doesn't give a fuck. Like he just traded Demar Derozan. Like yeah, who was like oh Raptor like. Like we love him. Like he's means so much to the city. Yeah. Boom, you're gone. So like I don't, I don't see that Kyle Lowry is off limits just because he's the best Raptor of all time. Okay. Like Messiah Jiri is a businessman. Like honestly, I'd be a little worried going into a transaction with him because he's a good ass GM. Um. So yeah. Do you I mean, do you think that, that Lowry helps the Sixers most out of any other team that he he would potentially go to? Um, I think he would. Yeah, I think he. Would. I think. Outside the maybe the Clippers, but realistically, I don't think the Clippers can get him. Like they don't have anything. Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think they'll get him either. But I think he would be the most help for the Clippers. Like he would play the biggest role yeah. for the Clippers. He would. I he mean, would like, be there. He yeah. would be there like thirty-five minutes a game point guard. Yeah, one hundred percent. But they sold their soul to the Sam Presti and the Oklahoma City Thunder, so they don't have anything that would intrigue Masai. Yeah, Jerry. yeah. Um, all right. So basically, Toronto. I mean, they've fallen out of the. I guess maybe they're in the play in tournament yeah, right possibly. now but they've they've been rattled by covid recently lost four or five before the all-star break um but you know he does make 30 uh you know 30 million so that's a lot of money uh who do you think would i know you said that you think the the clippers um so who would you like to see him best on would you like him to see him go to the sixers would you like to see him go to the heat the clippers or the dark horse team of the nuggets who do you think uh you'd like to see and kind of helps that team I wouldn't say helps that team the most because you already said the Clippers for that. But who would you be interested in seeing him go to? Um, I think I think with the Clippers, I think he helps them the most in terms of like where they were before and where they would be after Lowry getting Lowry. Right. Um, but in terms of who he would, who he would um, uh, help the most in terms of competing for a championship, I think it is the Nuggets. Um, right. The now you did you did mention the Sixers and I do think he would help them beat the Nets, but um, even if they got him, I don't think they beat the beat the Lakers. I guess in the finals, um, the Nuggets I think are very interesting because their defense is poor, um, and putting um, 
a very good defensive guard alongside yeah. Jamal Murray that doesn't have to um, doesn't have to have the offensive responsibilities because Jamal Murray and Jokic can take care of those. Um, I think that uh, that that improves them a lot, and I think that um, it would be very interesting to see Lowry and Murray play next to each other because I think they're both they both can play off the ball and on the ball. Um, yeah, definitely. That's the biggest. I think that's the biggest asset of Kyle Lowry. Yeah, like, and that's why like it's not like obviously every team in the NBA isn't going to want to try to go for him because obviously he's going for like he wants to play for a contender. He only has a couple years left. I'm sure he'd love to win another title. Uh, but I think that's the biggest asset of guys like him, him guys like Bradley Beal, who doesn't seem like he'll be on the move this trade deadline. They just fit with so many teams in so many different ways that can benefit them yeah. that it's just like, I mean, that's, you're going to get, you're going to have to give up a haul to get them. Though. Yeah. I, that's kind of my question. Like, I don't know exactly what they would have to give up. And I think they clearly want Jokic and Murray to be their, their main duo, the Nuggets. Yeah. So if they trade for Lowry, who's an older player, you know, they would be, you know, winning it this year or next year. Like that would, that would be the yeah, plan. You'd, you'd probably, so with, like I said, he makes 30 million, um, you know, to have the salaries match. I mean, realistically that the salary matches would be, you know, something along the lines of like Paul Millsap or like a will, probably not Will Barton, but more of Gary Harris. Uh, but like I said, I don't think Toronto is going to want Mil, Paul Millsap. Well, no, that's what, you're not you're not gonna let me finish all right go ahead finish (laughs) (laughs) no so so those are the guys that are just like the salary fillers but then you have to give up assets too right so denver would have to give up the likes of you know maybe a bull bull maybe a um hampton who they just picked and they didn't seem to want to give up anyone for harden so i'm not sure if they're going to pull that trigger for lowry i mean like you're not going to give up someone like like Michael Porter Jr. is obviously the biggest trade chip. You're not going to do some, that for something like Kyle Lowry yeah. on a rental. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it would have to be uh, one of those. Another team that's interesting is the Heat. They don't have any first rounds to give up. I think he would fit well with them. Um, but, you know, they'd probably ask for Hero. I don't think, I mean, the Heat aren't giving up, like hesitated on giving up Heat Hero for Harden. There's no way they're doing that chit for Kyle yeah. Lowry. On the, yeah. It, the ca- uh, Lowry's a, such an old, uh, he's a veteran player and you know he's getting up there in age so whatever team gets him it's going to be under the assumption that we're, we're going for it either this year or next year um, yeah. so that would be so, like the I mean, Nuggets or Clippers uh, because obviously you talked about the um, the Nuggets um, now the Nuggets are as of right now they're on a little bit of a run they have uh, won seven of the last ten uh, they're back up to the five seed now mm-hmm. in the Western Conference. So they're starting to get going. Uh, you know, Murray's been playing a lot better. Jokic still, especially with that Embiid injury, he's probably going to be, it's probably going to be between him and LeBron uh, to win the MVP. Um, now, obviously you said you would love Lowry on there. I mean, what do you think it was with them earlier in the year? Were they like missing Jeremy Grant that much? Was it just Murray wasn't playing at a high enough level? What do you think was kind of the missing? Um, I think that last point was definitely true. Murray just wasn't playing at a high level. Um, I mean, I think you saw it with a lot of teams that made, um, I think two things. Uh, I think you saw with teams that made runs in the playoffs, like the Lakers with AD coming in slow. Um, The Heat, you know, they started off slow. Uh, The Nuggets, they started off slow. Just the fatigue from starting the season so soon. Maybe they just weren't ready. And I think the other thing, like, um, I'm not sure where 
where Murray goes in the offseason, um, but I know he's from Canada. And um, I know at least with uh, with some of the wait Jamal Murray, I thought he had a I thought he was locked up. No, he's he's Canadian. Oh, I thought when you were saying where he goes in the off season, I was like, I thought you meant like traded or like like walking oh, no, as a free no. agent. I was like, didn't they just? No, no, no. no. Uh, I don't know like w- where he lives in the off season, um, okay. but um, I know with some of the international players, they were very unprepared for the start of the season because the league told them at the end of the last season that it was going to start at, at the end of January. So some of right. them weren't working out. Um, and, um, you know, I, I think you saw that, especially with like Luca and the Mavs. Um, I think that also Jokic, I think he's started to realize that he can't be a passive scorer. Like, I think that he def- in past seasons, he's deferred a lot to his teammates to try to get them involved offensively. And I think with the slow start of Murray, I think you you saw him kind of take the initiative and become a lot more aggressive on the offensive end um, to kind of carry the load for them. And uh, last last point is just defensively, you know, if their their offense wasn't clicking and they're, they're never really been an amazing defensive team. So I think all of that combined for a slow start, slow uh, start to the season. All right. So the Jazz finished with the number one seed and the Nuggets don't get Kyle Lowry or they do get Kyle Lowry. So... First, give me your prediction if they don't get Kyle Lowry. In a series against the Jazz. In in a series against the Jazz, do they, in the second round of the NBA playoffs, do you you have the Jazz winning that or you have Denver regardless or do you see Denver blowing them out if they get Lowry? Where are you at there? Uh, I think if they get Lowry, I think I would, you know, six games probably right? um, for the Nuggets. I think the Nuggets have the best player in the series in Jokic. So... um, Better than Gobert? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'm> a... <laughs> yeah, better than Gobert. Okay, um, go ahead. And uh, uh, so you got Nuggets and six. If they don't have Kyle Lowry, if they d- and if if, if they, they do, do have, have Kyle, Kyle Lowry. Lowry, if they don't have okay. Kyle Lowry, um, I think it's it's a series like last year. It goes seven, and it could it could be it could go either way. I think the Jazz are. A better team overall but again Jokic is the best player in the series so if it's close I'll take Jokic um, but um, but without Lowry I think it's a close series right so very close maybe another game seven just like the playoffs this with year. a missing game winning shot all right um, you want to talk about the Clippers real quick and then I have some names I'm just going to toss out to you and we'll kind of rapid fire where we think they'll go, where they'll fit well. Um, yeah, so I think uh, Kawhi came out recently and said that um, he was very concerned with the team, how they were playing. Um, I think last year, just to go back to last year because they were favored to win it, um, a lot of people – I think most of the hype was obviously around Kawhi and PG together as both like uh, one, you know, maybe the top two best two-way players. Um, But I think the team around them, you could see um, around the trade deadline last year, they tried to pick up a lot of different pieces like Reggie Jackson and um, Abishmurda and uh, 
who else did they they got a big guy or no? It was uh who else did they pick up? They got Morris at the deadline. Did they? Sure. Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, from the Knicks. Yeah. So um you saw them get like Morris at the deadline, Reggie Jackson. I, I thought that was a clear sign that they that they were missing a lot and they were just desperate for um anybody that used to be good at basketball or had any resemblance of being good at basketball. So I think those same those same problems are evident this year and all the other teams are better around them. Um so I, I just don't think I just don't think Kawhi and PG are good enough to carry them to a championship. And um, I think it's clear that their lack of playmaking, that's why I said, I think they would, that Lowry would help the Clippers the most in terms of um, where they started to where they would be after Lowry. Um, But they also against the best teams, they're also missing a center um, to be able to guard AD and bead, you know, even, even like someone like Gobert, I think gives them trouble. Who's not really? You don't trust Ibaka. Ibaka, no, not as a center. Um, not against, not against uh, the Lakers or the Sixers. Yeah, I think I think Ibaka is good in doses. Yeah. Um, so I think he's fine to th- throw on, you know, Embiid, AD for eight to ten minutes a game, but to be able to carry the load for like twenty-five minutes in a playoff series, I would be worried about that as well. Um, yeah, I, I agree with most of what you're saying. They, they do need a point guard. I think they've made that pretty clear, although they did, there have been some reports out um, that uh, they're pretty happy with Lou Will now. I don't think they're going to try to move him. I mean, who knows with the media if that's true or not. I, I think more likely, like I said, because they do owe um, their entire life to Sam Presti and the Thunder. And like who, what would they but get think- for Lou Will? Like there's not a lot of buyers for Lou Will, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't think they're getting too much for him either. But I also don't think. That, but that's what I'm saying. They don't have any first round picks or anything, and they don't have any young talent. Like they're not going to be able to get Kyle Lowry. Yeah. That's just yeah. as much as they want to say they could. It's it's not realistic. Uh, I think they'll probably go for someone like George Hill, and maybe just get Fleece Fleece a couple more. They don't even have any. Picks I mean, George George Hill wouldn't be a. a a, no, I agree. Bad, I, I want the Sixers. Yeah, he wouldn't be a bad pickup, but he would be. He would. I think he would be more effective on the Sixers, where he wouldn't have to play a big role. Um, yeah, versus the Clippers, like he would be there. Like whoever they got as a point guard would be there. Like right now, Reggie Jackson and Beverly are their point guards, and Lou Will. Like, yeah, they just don't have a point a point guard that can run. Uh, you know, a playoff series. Yeah. No, I agree. What about um. We're, we'll, we'll go on a little bit of rapid fire because I feel like we t- covered a, the majority of the big teams yeah. that'll be on the those, move. Those are the, those are the teams that I think could benefit the most from some moves. Like I think Lakers could make a move. Like other teams could yeah. make a move, then, but it wouldn't like really change. Yeah, and those will be some of the smaller yeah. ones we'll go over real quick. I mean, I think a big, a really hot name on the market is Victor Oladipo. He turned down a two-year, $45 million extension offer in Houston kind of seems like he uh, is pretty sold on trying to get a long-term contract this offseason. So whether it be dealt at the deadline, uh, some potential destinations, we're not going to get too much into it. The Rockets think Oladipo's having a little bit of a down year, but I mean, he could be a solid player on a team. Where do you think he goes uh, at the trade deadline? Miami, Golden State, the Knicks, or somewhere else? Miami, Golden State, or the Knicks? Don't say don't say somewhere else, and it's just a cop out answer because it could be. 20, I'll say my I'll say Miami. Teams. 
Yeah. He's been linked to Miami for a while. Um, and I do think that uh, he's expressed interest there. I'm not sure. I mean, Riley's kind of a, I, I'm not sure how interested he's going to be in them uh, and getting him. I mean, I don't think you're going to have to give up too much for him. I think, I think it's, uh, I think it's hard to evaluate Oladipo right now. Um, like a few years ago, you kind of had a, a more, you had a better kind of understanding of what he, what he was, but now because he's been injured for the last few years and he's been, not like he's he hasn't been like fully healthy like even when he came back on the Pacers Brogdon was running the show he was kind of just like getting getting accustomed to playing again and now he's on the Rockets the worst team in the league so it's just hard to get a gauge on him Um, if he can stay healthy I think you're right he can definitely help a team and he's I think he's gonna get overpaid though he might and I mean do you I mean that's not something the Heat would do though they wouldn't Right, exactly. That's why I don't think he'll be there long term. Uh, I think the Knicks have been making good decisions recently uh, since the Leon Rose era. They haven't. They've been a lot of one year deals. Um, you know, people they've been performing well, playing up to the level for Tim. Him and Tibbs so, seem like a perfect fit. Yeah, so I'm assuming that the because they've been performing well in terms of the uh, transactions they've made recently. I'm, I'm planning on expecting them to give Oladipo the max this off season and just make a bad decision. Cause that organization's a shit show and they can't keep making good decisions for too long. Yeah. Uh, so that I'll throw that out there as my prediction. Uh, some other names that I'll kind of just like talk about briefly and you can comment in on them if you want, you don't have to, if you don't uh, the magic are pretty much at the bottom of the East. They have a lot of guys on expirings, uh, they pretty much made it clear that Aaron Gordon's not in their long-term plans. Uh, so I think he's a name you could watch there. I think he'd be a good fit on someone like Denver. Uh, just give them that that wing flexibility when you're going up in a playoff series against guys like LeBron, PG, Kawhi, stuff like that. Um, so he's someone that you can just like kind of like an athletic wing, um, the big body that you could throw at guys like that. Uh, then some other names uh, on the Magic specifically as well. You got Terrence Ross, a good three-point shooter, bench scoring for a contending team. Evan Fournier, same thing, can kind of get a bucket for some teams. Uh, probably all, maybe not all, but the majority of those three will be on the move uh, before this deadline. And then another interesting team to watch is the Kings. They've been absolutely ice cold lately. Uh, it seems like they're – which rightfully so uh, Halliburton seems to be uh, super high in their future. So, I mean, you got like buddy healed uh, Harrison Barnes, we mentioned earlier, having a good season, they could definitely help some contenders mm-hmm. as well. Um, any specific teams you'd like, like, what do you think about buddy healed? Like where do you think he'd be a good fit? Um, I know you were kind of a little bit down on him just overall, like, you know, how does he affect winning? Obviously he's a good shooter, but yeah, I mean, um, it would be some role where he would just be the shooter on the team. Um, some, I don't know. Let me see. I mean, I used to be like kind of high on like the, not high, but like, I mean, you'd be a decent fit in Philly. Maybe put him on the Pelicans around uh, yeah. Zion. Maybe. Um, that's another thing. I'm like curious, like, like the Celtics, we talked about the bigs um, like they could use, like it would be, hilarious if Al Steven Horford Adams, went yeah. back there oh. um but I mean that contract I mean it's like after this year it's only two years left but it's still a lot of yeah fun. do you think Steven Adams could be on the move um yeah I mean I think the Pelicans could make some moves they have they seem like yeah they have, a fit. They, they have a team that like a lot of pieces a lot of the fit. 
like earlier on in the trade deadline, Lonzo was a hot name, but he's been playing well for them. He's shooting the shit out of the yeah. ball from three. Um, so I, yeah. it doesn't really seem like he's going to go. Um, I think one player that you didn't mention that I think is really um, interesting is PJ Tucker. Yeah, I was. And I think, I think if we go back to the Nets, I think he would be a really pick, good pickup for them. Too. Yeah, small ball five, but he can because he can just stand in the corner on offense, yeah. and and then he can just bust his ass on defense. I got a, I got a feeling the Lakers are going to get him. PJ Tucker. Yeah. What? Yeah. I, I mean, that would that would be unfair. Yeah, that would be a huge get for them. Um, yeah. The only one I've heard of for the Lakers are Hassan Whiteside. Yeah, I heard gonna, that they were gonna, trying to get another. They're trying to get yeah, that model from last year. Yeah, like um, Howard. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Prototype. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting. I think the not that you really asked or anyone asked, but I think the Sixers now that the Embiid injury too. Um, I, I really think they're just going to kind of make some minor deals around the edges. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that it doesn't sound like Kyle Lowry will be on the move. Like I said, I'm calling semi bullshit on that because I still think he could. Um, but I, I just think that the. I don't think you're going to see anything too drastic in year one. I think you really evaluate what, what they do this postseason. And I think Daryl will be relatively aggressive this offseason if he's disappointed with the results there. Yeah. Um, any other uh, any other people you want to talk about? Any other things you want to mention before the trade deadline, which, like we mentioned, about a week and a half out yeah, now? They, I don't think, uh, just to kind of cap it off um, – yeah, a lot of the players we mentioned, um, they're not like franchise changers, but they're kind of like icing on top of on whatever team you have. Right. Um, they can definitely be additional, uh, you know, additive pieces to a, a winning organization and kind of help you get to the next level. But in terms of like, are they long term solutions? I, most of these players are not. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, cool. Well, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up the trade deadline. Like I said, week and a half out. Uh, I'm sure we'll see some guys on the move next week. Should be pretty active there. Yeah, definitely. All right, so this uh, wraps up this episode. Uh, we will continue to cover the most interesting topics throughout the season, and we expect this season to be a fun one. So we hope you can join us. Please rate and subscribe, and we will see you next time. Peace. Happy, what, what's the, what holidays on Wednesday? St. Patrick's Day, bro. Oh, happy St. Patty's, <laughs> y'all.